Welcome to James Ames Business with Chartered Management Accountant James Fairchild. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. James Fairchild here. This has been another busy few days for announcements and tweaks to the furlough scheme and various other things pertaining to the pandemic. There are two things I'm going to cover in this episode. One is a clarification around universal credit and the other, the main topic, is the extension to furlough that was announced yesterday, Tuesday the 12th of May. I'm recording this episode in the wee small hours of Wednesday the 13th of May and as with most of my content around the pandemic, I remind you that things could well change. So if you're listening to this on the 13th or 14th of May, hopefully the content is current and accurate. But if you're listening perhaps during June or July, the chances are that the topic will have moved on. First of all, I was contacted by a listener, Martin, who, due to the way he remunerates himself from his limited company, he isn't eligible for the furlough scheme for employees, and neither is he eligible for the self-employed income support scheme for self-employed persons. He, as a matter of fact, takes his income as a form of loans which are then adjusted at the year end and a dividend is announced. Unfortunately, people in this category haven't any particular government support and if this is you and you are struggling, claiming universal credit is likely to be your only option. Now Martin applied for universal credit on the website and ticked that he was an employee, which was a correct statement to make, at least from a HMRC perspective or a, an employment law perspective. And upon being him being telephoned by a representative of the Department of Work and Pensions to discuss his claim, he was told... So he relates to me that the lady suggested that he shouldn't be classified for DWP purposes as employed and should instead be classified as self-employed. On his behalf, I clarified this with the DWP and a DWP media spokesman said the following... Universal Credit Regulation 77 applies where a claimant who is in business on their own account and operates through a limited company that they own, if but for working via the limited company, they would be in a position analogous to a sole trader or partner, i.e. they are the sole shareholder or one of a small number of shareholders, and I usually, usually are a director making day-to-day decisions, close brackets, they should be treated as in a position analogous 
to a sole trader or partner and hence self-employed for universal credit purposes. It continues. A claimant who is in a position similar to that of a company director, sole owner or partner in a company which is carrying on a trade has the value of their shares in the company disregarded when working out their capital and is treated as having capital which is equal to the value of the capital in the company if the person is treated as the sole owner or the person's share of the value of the capital of that company if the person is treated as a partner. After looking into this myself, I am satisfied that this is, of course, the correct position. And the reason for it is that what the legislator was trying to avoid was people who control a limited company making sales and profits within that company, and but just yet deciding not to pay any money to the worker during that month and hence trying to claim benefits instead. Final point from me around universal credit is that if you're not eligible for the other support and you think you may be in difficulty in five, six weeks' time, then make a preemptive application for universal credit which you do on the gov.uk website for there's around five weeks from the time you make your first application to the point that you receive some money assuming that you're eligible at all so make that preemptive application and then when you declare your earnings for the four-week period that they ask you to declare for and again, you're declaring on the whole of your limited company. Then, obviously, if you have had a better month than expected, then you'll be declaring that you have sufficient income and you don't need universal credit, which is, which is a good thing. But if things have been bad, then you declare your income and costs and then they assess whether a payment is due. So I hope that answers your question. Right, let's go on to yesterday's announcement by the Chancellor. So, the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, has extended the period of furlough. You will recall that this was originally planned to finish at the end of May. It was then extended to the end of June, and we now have an extension until the end of October. Mr Sunak has said that there will be no cliff edge in terms of this support suddenly stopping. It was expected by a number of media outlets prior to yesterday's announcement that furlough would drop from 80% to 60%, but this didn't explicitly appear in yesterday's announcement. What he did announce was some bare bones with an intimation that 
more detail would be released near the time. We know that from August there will be some element of part-time working, which I assume is mandatory on the part of the employee. And we also know that at this point the employer will be expected to contribute part of the 80% payment that the employee receives. Now this is purely my speculation, so I'm happy to be wrong and I apologise if I am, but if we put the initial leak or purported leak together with what was announced, then it could well be the case, and this is, this is only what I think, that during August the government pays 60% and expects the employer to pay the other 20%, thereby giving the worker the 80%. So that's potentially August. It could well be the case in September that the government pay 40% and expect the employer to pay 40%, perhaps with more part-time working expected, than was the case the previous month. And then it could be the case that in October the government pays only 20% and the employer covers the remaining 60%. That's purely my speculation and, as I say, I am happy to be wrong about that. It does appear likely that this scheme will not be extended beyond the end of October, so 31st of October 2020. This means that for employers who remain in difficulty, that there are two important dates to be aware of. If you are potentially going to make 100 or more people redundant, you need to issue a consultation by Wednesday 16th of September at the latest or if you are making between 20 and 99 possible redundancies then you need to issue your consultation by Thursday the 1st of October at the latest. And this means that employee, employers, directors, senior managers, HR advisors need to start talking and creating a strategy at the end of August, beginning of September. And obviously that will depend on various business factors that we don't yet know. Obviously, how successful your sales effort is, uh, what, how your order book looks, and so on. Now, I have prepared a draft letter for employers, business owners, to issue to their employees whether people are still working or are on furlough. This draft letter can be accessed at the following URL tiny.cc slash 
Thurlow James. So the word tiny, T-I-N-Y dot C-C slash Thurlow James, F-U-R-L-O-U-G-H-J-A-M-E-S. I have put some notes at the end of that document. My intention is that you will adapt it to suit your requirements. Obviously, this week we've also had the Prime Minister's announcement on Sunday that, well, possibly he meant different things to different people, but the announcement that if you can't work at home, that you can or may go into work. And I think today, Wednesday 13th, is the date for his tweaks to the supposed lockdown to take effect. One assumes that managers have communicated appropriately with employees about whether or not they are to return to the workplace. Obviously, we're all aware of the phrase social distance. And I'm sure many of you have been assessing workplaces as to how you can space people around, how visitors or customers might be dealt with, protective screens, spacing chairs and desks possibly. And then if that wasn't enough, obviously business owners have to make the decision as to whether they do want people to come in to do work whether there is any work there to be done and obviously how the business pipeline might look one month, two months on. I shall leave it there for now. Obviously, please do stay safe, whether you are working from home, whether you are furloughed or other otherwise, or indeed whether you are going to be travelling to a workplace. If I can help anybody, or you have a suggestion for a podcast topic, please email media at weeklyfd.com. Just before I do go, I'll just give you the URL of my draft letter, which is tiny.cc slash James. If for whatever reason you can't access that, it should open uh, a link on Dropbox. Uh, if you are having issues accessing that, do send me an email to media at weeklyfd.com and I shall either email you the, the document or a direct link or something. As I say, do stay safe and I will speak to you guys soon. Bye for now. The contents of this podcast gives general case information which, whilst believed valid at the time of recording, can change and may not be the appropriate decision for your actual circumstances. You are advised to seek specific advice from an accountant, solicitor, financial advisor or other professional as the case may be. The author, creator and the various podcast apps or websites have no liability for any reliance on the content herein. 
The content is aimed principally at England and may differ for the rest of the British Isles. 